Welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, obviously, we're going to talk about one of the craziest 40 hour, 48 hours in draft history. Um, we've seen some of the, this is easily one of the most wild off seasons and that we've had. And to be honest with you, the draft only kind of followed suit with what we've kind of expected from this um, offseason. It's just been crazy after crazy after crazy. We've seen big time names get traded within this entire madness. Um, as always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? Pretty good. I was just doing a quick uh, jump online to make sure I hadn't gotten traded, you know, because you never can tell after the last two days. Man, it has been wild. Um, obviously, some of the bigger news over the last couple of days, non-draft but draft related, was obviously AJ Brown getting traded um, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the thing about this is, is it's so funny to watch. Obviously, I'm in Tennessee, so it's been interesting to watch the four, the last 48 hours unfold because you have so many people. First off, I never understand being on the side of the owners, right? I'll never understand that. Like, I'm always player first. Players get their money, especially in the NFL, considering, like, if you get cut in NFL, it's a wrap. You're not getting any more money unless, you know, it's whatever's owed to you, whatever. But most of the time when you get cut, you're done. Like, it's a wrap. You're, 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 you're done. Like, it's not baseball. Baseball, you get cut, you're still getting all $100 million or whatever it is that is on your contract. You know what I mean? Basketball is the same instance. So I'm, I'm 99, 90% of the time I'm on the owner, on, on the player side, just because these guys deserve to be paid. You know what I mean? It, that's at the end of the day, you have contracts coming up for some of these players. I've seen AJ Brown is injury prone. He's missed five games and 48. That's not bad. Like, you know, or four, I think it's like 45. That's not terrible guys. Let's not pretend he's got some sort of injury prone in those three seasons. You're talking about a team that literally drafted Traylon Burks, who's been injured like every single year in college, three years ago toward the ACL. Another crazy thing is, yes, I understand he's going to be significantly cheaper, but A.J. Brown is only 24 years old. 24, okay? And he's been on the, when he's on the field, he's single-handedly your best weapon in this offense outside of the beast named Derrick Henry. So, a lot of people have said, you know, they're turn, they want to give back, they want their money back for their season tickets. And the thing that's this pointed out, and, and Matt, see if you agree with me here, is, is I understand they didn't want to pay him, right? You know what I mean? We know that's what this came down to. They're not going to pay him the money that he wanted, which, in my opinion, he deserved because you're talking about guys that are about to get paid, right? When you look at Christian Kirk, that contract really set down a triple down effect that has really affected the wide receiver market. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to pay these guys, you're also, to me, you're coming off another division uh, division win, right? You know what I mean? You won your division again. They kind of underachieved in the playoffs. They were the one seed, but all they had to do is put a couple pieces together. You have a team that's looking to make a bounce back, you know, even and, and try to win this division again. And I'm not saying they're out of the division, but this kind of, to me, throws up the red flag of maybe we're not Super Bowl contenders. All these teams within the AFC have made moves and gotten better and the Titans have taken a giant step backwards, right? You know, that, that probably is how it would be easy to feel um, when you first see AJ Brown getting traded. And I bet for the first time in your life, you were sad you weren't at the Titans draft party. Man, on the night I heard the it was bad. I uh, yeah. That, I mean, I heard somebody took, somebody had AJ Brown socks on took them off and like threw them at the radio station people and said, I'm done with this. So, so. I'll be honest last year, they trucked through most of the off season and it was impossible to know what the hell um, the Titans were doing. They seemed to be doing addition by subtraction. They signed Josh Reynolds. Uh, they drafted Des Fitzpatrick. It looked like for most of the off season, they were going to roll in with AJ Brown and nothing else. And Derek Henry. Then they signed Julio or traded for Julio Jones. And it was a couple of big names uh, I'll give you. But I actually think after seeing how the rest of the first round played out and what they've done this offseason, that it's possible the Titans 
I'm not saying AJ Brown's not a great player and they wouldn't have been better with him, but overall they might have a better receiving core right now going into 2022 than they did when they went into 2021 because Julio never played. We, we never were sure he was going to play. That didn't work out at all. They went and got Robert Woods. I like Robert Woods. Robert Woods has been a really steady wide receiver too. He's not the flashiest player, but he's a great dependable player. Traylon Burks, uh, most of his draft comps were to A.J. Brown. I think he's going to be a decent talent. That was a good first-round selection. And they went and got a pretty solid tight end in Austin Hooper. We forget about him a little bit because Cleveland never figured out what to do with him after they gave him all that money. But when he was with Atlanta, he was emerging as a pretty reliable receiving threat at tight end. And that's probably the thing Tennessee missed the most last year after they let Jonu walk, uh, you know, the Anthony Ferkser experiment didn't really pan out. They were looking for that tight end production. So with Woods, Burks, and uh, Hooper, I think they actually might have a better set of overall receivers. I get the panic because, or the frustration too, because AJ Brown's talent, but they, you know, $100 million, maybe they didn't want to invest that. Maybe they don't think it's well, They've never want to invest in any money so, in any other guys. That's the big thing is they don't, they don't love investing in a lot of the talent here. Obviously they did with Derrick Henry and obviously they gave Tannehill way too much money. But my, I think my biggest concern here is, is obviously you have an unproven Traylon Burks coming in the door. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's an issue. You know what I mean? Robert Woods is coming off a serious knee injury. How does that look like for him? Um, You know, that's, that's my thing is, is, is you have guys that with a lot of question marks, I do like, I did like the Austin Hooper uh, pickup. That was a great pickup. It was a, it was a, it was a nice under the radar pickup. I don't, I'm not saying depth wise, they might not be a little bit better at the position, but nobody on that offense scares me as a wide receiver. Robert Woods is not going to scare me right now until he proves that he's a hundred percent and he's able to kind of get out there and do his thing. But it's still kind of weird to me that sometimes you got to pay your guys at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you've got to pay some of these guys in order to really, um, you know, take over for your team. I don't know. I just didn't like the move. I thought it, obviously if you're not going to pay and you trade them, you get value for them. They did that good for them. I just don't think, that this move screams that they're going to and i mean you're talking about a colts team that got better i'm sorry but ryan is a massive upgrade over wentz and I, i'm a wentz guy and still believe that i don't know what's left in ryan's tank but he has shown flashes of still having it, especially that latter half of the season where he looked really good on a team with no weapons now he goes to a team with not very many weapons still but that's beside the point they've but, had a They've had a quietly decent draft too. I like the pickup of Alec Pierce. I think that's Mm -hmm. a good complimentary receiver. I like the pickup of Jelani Woods, you know, they to pair with Mo Ali Cox, they still have the best to me. They have the best running back in football. I think the big question for Tennessee is going to be Derrick Henry. Does he come back as the Derrick Henry? He was two years ago, you know, in 2020, he was started pretty well in 2021, broke the foot didn't look incredible coming back but there are a lot of reasons that could have been yeah I mean you only had the one game and stuff like that so it's interesting and to touch on that the thing about it is is AJ Brown kind of opened some things up for them they don't have that one they don't have a wide receiver one right now I'm sorry they don't Woods pre-injury wide receiver in my opinion was probably football wise could potentially be seen as a wide receiver one not fantasy football wise but Nobody really scares you to the point where you feel like you got to put your best cornerback on the, on anybody on that any given team. I still think that you make Ryan Tannehill beat you. And at the end of the day, we have seen it's not possible. Um, <laughs> but all right, enough about the Tennessee Titans. Let's move on to these quarterbacks. Um, we saw one quarterback go in the first two rounds. And then, of course, we saw a run of three of them go in the third round. Yeah, you heard us right. The third round. Kenny Pickett went one one uh, in the first round 20th pick to, to the Steelers I know I've seen a lot of people like well man the Steelers could have gotten him in the second or third round we don't know that we don't know that if any other team had a, a higher grade maybe Kenny Pickett was um, well obviously Kenny Pickett was the highest rated quarterback in everybody's draft board because no quarterback was taken until the third round there was a lot of chitter chatter about you know Malik Willis is going to be the he's going to be the second guy off the board to the Lions He's going to be six to the Panthers. He's going to be this and that. And we've seen that 
we all talked about how terrible this draft class was for the quarterback position. And it was exactly like that. And Kenny, I hold my ice cream cone with two hands. Pickett was the first and only quarterback with, uh, you know, taken. And that, that's incredible. So good for him. I think it's a good fit. I like the fit. I'm, I'm not a big, I wasn't a huge Kenny Pickett fan, but I do believe between him and Matt Coral, uh, Corral was, he was probably the better, uh, you know, one of those two. He's probably the most NFL-ready guy as well. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he can go in. And he, I think he can compete with Trubisky. And I think he might be able to take that job from Trubisky. I think they might try to hold off a little bit, but it wouldn't be surprise me. wouldn't surprise me if Kenny Pickett goes into camp and beats him. But Pickett, uh, Desmond Ryder going to the Falcons at 310. Another reason why it's crazy. The Falcons, like, passed on Willis, like, seven times. And, and it was crazy. And, of course, everybody really did, too. But Malik Willis went 322 to the Titans. I like that. Matt Corral went 330 to the Panthers when it was looking like Baker Mayfield was going to be a Carolina Panther. The next thing you know, Matt Corral gets drafted by the Panthers. So I think that puts the kibosh on Baker Mayfield on one of yeah, potentially one of his last landing spots that was available. So it's probably um, down to Seattle. Uh, it's hard to tell if they're holding off for Baker, if they really are more interested in Drew Locke than we realize. Or just more interested in tanking. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, speaking of them, but we'll talk about them in a minute. But when you look at these quarterbacks, um, how do you rank these these four guys and and what do you feel like their flex super flex uh, of value is yeah so you know a lot of people liked willis's raw ceiling potential and before we saw the draft play out he a lot of places you saw him going you know in super flex mocks as the first quarterback off the board to me based on where we're seeing now i i would not be taking him number one you're pretty much guaranteed barring some kind of catastrophic injury you don't see him in 2022 and knowing the titans they'll probably put some kind of veteran backup in there uh in the rotation too he may not even go in if Tannehill got injured they have a potential out but Tannehill's under contract through 2023 it could be a couple of years this feels a little bit you know like Jordan Love with worse draft capital. You don't know for sure that they they want to pull, you know, we were talking pre-show that draft capital is not high enough where the Titans would feel pressured to put him in. Kenny Pickett, the only one up there. First of all, congratulations, Sam Howell has not yet gone. Um, you said if you'd have to quit football if you went in the first round. I was feeling nervous there for a while until I realized there was no chance of that happening. So I guess we'll find out where he lands today. I had Matt Corral as my quarterback one going into the draft, and he's going to stay there for me. He would still be my first pick in Superflex. I get the arguments for for Pickett. He's probably a strong number two, but Carolina has no strong feeling of love towards Sam Darnold. And I'm with you moving, getting back into the draft. It's very much like last year when the Texans took Davis Mills and people were like, oh, they took him in the third round. They didn't have a pick until they could go get Davis Mills in the third round. He's, you know, and Carolina gave up a third next year and a, their fourth round pick this year to move back in to grab uh, Matt Corral where they did. And there were rumors they were trying to get in starting at the top of the third round, uh, watching stuff go in. So they had decided they needed to go in and get somebody. I thought he was quarterback one of this group coming into the draft i think he ends up still in the best situation even though he's the fourth taken and near the end of the third round it's some of its situation then for me it'd be Pickett. it's a toss-up whether i would take willis or ritter third because i don't think either situation is a lock i might move ritter up just because marcus Mariota is what's in front of him willis may have ceiling but there's no guarantees you're looking at potentially three years before we see Mike Mar uh, Willis even potentially take the field. When you're looking at, I think Corral starts at least maybe a half a dozen games this year, at least for the Panthers this year. That's at least, I say maybe, I think that there's a chance that he starts 50% of the games for the Panthers this year. I think there's a strong possibility we see him that uh, start that many. Uh, Ritter, uh, Ryder, I, I, he's got upside, right? He's got massive upside, he's big body. I like him. It's not a great landing spot. I do like what the Falcons did. They took, my opinion, the best wide receiver in this draft. 
Um, I still stand by that. And I think that from a fantasy standpoint, because I think you're looking at a guy that's got eight to eight to 10 touchdown potential yearly. But um, as far as the quarterback goes, I'm going to give Pickett the slight edge, but I go Pickett, Corral, um, Ryder than Willis. To be honest with you, if you're on the back half of the first round, I'm trying to trade that. Like I'm one out. I want 2023 picks and I want them now. Like I, I don't think you guys understand when we dig deep and I plan on digging a little bit deeper into next year's draft class because I I like it a lot, but the quarterback situation is going to be insane because the thing about it is, is you're looking at just, let's say hypothetically the Titans go out and have a dud year. Right. And then Titans go out next year and don't exactly impress. If you fire those two guys, the new regime has no, no connection to Malik Willis. You're talking about a guy on a four-year contract, right? He's not on a five-year contract. He's on a four-year rookie third round. Yeah, low money contract. Low money contract. Back half third round. So you're talking about a guy that this new regime that could potentially come in has no connection to at all. Like we, Malik Willis could potentially never see the football field for the Tennessee Titans. You know what I mean? I really don't believe that he should be ranked ahead of Corral or Ryder. Definitely not Pickett. You know what I mean? Because Pickett's Pickett's starting. You know what I mean? He's a first round pick. Um, Transitioning to the running back position, which I think is even worse now than it was before. Like, I don't know. I don't really love the landing spots for these running backs. RIP, our boy, Michael Carter. Um, It was nice knowing you. He's dead. Um, if you owned him and didn't sell high, I feel bad for you. I do have like a share or two of Michael Carter and I'm kind of upset about it, but, um, yeah, Brees Hall 204 to the jets, uh, Kenneth Walker, who got literally probably the worst landing spot, but could end up still being really good. Um, with the Seahawks, James Cook went to the bills, um, RIP Keyshawn Vaughn, um, Rasheed White went to the bucks, uh, Tyron Davis, Price went to the 49ers, which RIP his value. And Brian Robinson Jr. went to the Commanders, which not a bad landing spot, but he's probably the third back in line there now, but behind McKissick. Oh, fourth, McKissick, Patterson, RIP, Jared Patterson, uh, Antonio Gibson. God, they have a whole lot of running backs in Washington. Yeah, that was probably the pick last night that bums me out the most because Robinson feels like the guy they're going to use to split carries with Antonio Gibson while McKissick is the guy that they use to split passes. And we don't even know what the passing volume is in Washington. To me that Gibson, who is a fringe RB one ranking top 12 in dynasty has to come down because they have now gotten two substantial running back additions, which tells you they were never ready to let him. I mean, they went back. The what, McKissick, the thing about McKissick They is, outbid Buffalo to get yes, him back. to bring and him back. Brian Robinson is a guy going into the draft that I had in the top five, and I don't know how I would feel about that for rookie drafts because you're right. Like, he, he has a nebulous path to meaningful touches outside of an injury, whereas – you know, Rashad White won't be the guy, but probably they brought him in because he can do uh, everything that White and or that Vaughn and Bernard do better. So he's probably their complementary back. Cook probably ends up being RB3 off the board because there's an opportunity. Zach Moss's value is probably DOA. Um, I think the Walker signing actually, or the drafting to me actually indicates that there have been a lot of rumors. Chris Carson's not going to be able to come back from that neck injury. I bet you that pretty quickly we get here either a long-term IR or medical retirement because neck injuries, you don't mess with there. It's been very nebulous about any progress he's made. And it kind of just hammers those Rashad Penny truthers who were excited after what he did last year. He's still only got a one-year contract. He's probably the receiving back, and Walker probably takes over as the ground and pound. None of these went to ideal spots, and we still haven't even seen Isaiah Spiller. I have no idea. You know, his value has seemingly plummeted. I have no idea what the 49ers are doing, but after they, they nailed Elijah Mitchell last year, I guess you have to have some – interest it was just 
very well, curious like, the running back it's, it's interesting they dropped another running back because you still had trey sermon who did nothing last year really produced not a whole lot and most has gone they still have jeff wilson they still have yeah. michael hasty but i mean that's the the kyle shanahan thing he yeah he's does, a rotating guy he wants to have a, a bunch of backs and while elijah mitchell might be 1a there's a whole lot of 1b 1c 1d possibilities out there and you know maybe they see something about special teams and contribution for price they had a weird draft because they took a wide receiver at the end of the third too that i didn't move the needle a lot for me too i don't know what the 49ers are doing yeah, I think they're a team that, to me, they're gonna they're gonna take a massive step back this season. They, I really believe that they overachieved last season, and I, I don't believe that they're gonna be on that same level that they were last year. But looking at these running backs, I'm probably pretty certain that I ranked them exactly how they were drafted. Maybe switching Davis Price and Robinson, but I really don't want any of these guys past Cook. I, I mean, I think Cook's probably the only guy that I personally think that Cook might be my favorite of the top three, but I'm not sure I'm drafting him as my favorite of the top three, if that makes sense, because I think Cook has every opportunity to walk in and take that job. They never believed in Singletary. I don't, but I think Cook has got, Cook's got an uphill battle in some aspects with dealing with Singletary. They did sign David Johnson, which I know is not a big deal. Duke but Johnson. Duke Johnson, David Duke, David and Duke, whatever. Somebody's Somebody Johnson and Johnson got signed there. But uh, and I don't think that's a threat by any means. Don't don't get me wrong there. But um, Brees Hall is going to be the running back, I think, uh, for the Jets. Um, but I still think that they're going to sprinkle Carter in. I still think Carter might get a little bit, might be a one-two punch. But I, I don't know. Kenneth Walker will probably end up being the guy for Seattle. I, those three, I, but outside of those three guys, I don't want any of them. I don't, I don't really a, want any of these guys. If you're a Spiller fan. You have to hold out hope that here at the top of the fourth round, the Texans take Isaiah Spiller because they're yeah. still the team out there or the Dolphins, Texans or the Dolphins grab them at the top of the fourth round because those are still the teams out there that have enough flux. Dolphins would still be worse because they have Edmonds, Moser, they have a committee, but the Texans, we don't know what Marlon Mack has left. Rex Burkhead is what Rex Burkhead is. David Johnson is what David Johnson is. If Spiller went there, I still, you know, I still might be interested enough to take him at the top of the second round because of a potential opportunity. And because looking, looking at this, you know, even the wide receivers that we'll get to in there, or even it seemed like the home run no brainer. We should just do tight ends real quick tight end one was going to be Trey McBride. He ends up going in the second round, which he was expected, but he goes to a Cardinals team where they just gave Zach Ertz a three-year contract. They still have Max Williams. It's like no he guarantee. He sent a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. We, did, we didn't talk about that earlier. Yeah, for, they have so, Hollywood. They have Rondale Moore. They have brought A.J. Green back. They still have D-Hop. And Kyler Murray has never in his three years come close to hitting 4,000 yards. I would like I would like Isaiah Spiller to end up here. I know they don't need to draft any more offense, but Isaiah Spiller oh, and Arizona. Arizona Cardinals wouldn't be a bad. But my, see, my biggest concern with this Arizona team is, is if they suck again. No, I forgot. They gave they gave Kingsbury a contract extension. So never mind. Yeah, He's it's not like a seven-year contract. But yeah. so for tight ends, so I, Trey McBride seemed like a lock for tight end one. I didn't love the landing spot. And then you see a Jelani Woods go to the Colts where he has an opportunity. Greg Dulcich, who was a lot of people's tight end too, was my tight end too, ends up in Denver where I like Alberto. He was a fourth round pick. You were right. He was not top three. And then Ruckert goes to the Jets who have signed two other tight ends this offseason, including Uzama and Tyler Conklin. So I don't really know the path for touches for him, but I don't know how you feel. I'm actually thinking I'm going to put Dulcich up as my tight end one because he has a more clear path to receptions. And we've seen Russell Wilson use a tight end. The tight end usage in Arizona with Kingsbury and Murray has been up and down. You you saw more when Ertz became kind of his security blanket. But I just don't know that Trey McBride sees very many targets in year one or two or three. <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not drafting any of these guys. I want no part of any of these tight ends. I, I, I am a firm believer in punt the tight end position in the rookies because it's the hardest transition. We talked about this on the show. 
even when we talked about McBride being the number one, he was the only guy that we were interested in last week when we talked about this. And now he's a guy that you're right. He's stuffed as maybe what the sixth or seventh option on this offense now weapons wise, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's maybe behind, that's not even probably counting the running backs. So for me, it's kind of interesting. That's a terrible ending spot. I think I would go Woods and uh, Dolchich, but you could flip flop either one of those two. I love Ruckart, um, but I, I he, again, the Jets signed so many different guys. The Jets have had a really good draft. I really, I really like what the draft the Jets have done so far. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we're in the same line. Trey McBride. I again, I just, I, I if I'm drafting, I'm not drafting any of these guys. I'm not I, yeah. even around two. You know, if I can get maybe a Dolchich or a Woods in three, I'm, I'll consider. You know what I mean? I'll definitely be around. But I don't know if those guys are going to be available. But we're talking about a class that where we could probably see if you're if you're using your brain, you're probably going to see eight to nine wide receivers going round one. Like if you're really using your brain, you're probably going to see. You'll probably see three running backs, well, maybe three, maybe two, five, six, seven. So maybe seven receivers will go around one. Um, but I agree with you, Dolce. Yeah, the, Wilson likes his tight end. And again, I think that offense in Denver is going to be running a little bit different than what they did out in, in Seattle. It's going to kind of really fit into more of what Wilson's capable of doing. Um, they need to get him out of the pocket because Wilson out of the pocket is deadly. And I think that could be favorable when it comes to tight ends and stuff like that too. We're going to do our Superflex mock next weekend, um, which will be fun. But I, I was actually thinking about if you were in a standard 12 team league, uh, first round rookie draft, I think it's two running backs, two quarterbacks, eight receivers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of the receivers, um, there was a hell of a run where we saw one, two, three, four, five, six of them go in about 10 picks, I think it is. Yeah, six and yeah. 10 picks. And obviously the wide receiver one off the board was my wide receiver one. Um, Drake London went to the Falcons, who I think I think it's a great spot for him. I yeah. really, really love that spot. Um, he's going to get peppered with targets. But London and Pitts in the red zone is going to be nasty. Like that's a, that's a deadly duo. And, and I think people forget when it comes to some of these teams is again, let's not forget guys. Desmond Ryder is a third round pick. Yes. 10th overall, but you're talking about a Falcons team that maybe they don't do good and they're picking in the top tier of the next year. It wouldn't surprise me if they're picking a quarterback again, you know what I mean? They don't have to be committed to Ryder for the rest of their lives here, but I like Mariota again. I do think that, Mariota does start week one and I think that he's going to be a decent option but you had London at eight with the Falcons Garrett Wilson who uh, Mr. Fox's favorite wide receiver in this class went to the Jets I didn't love that landing spot but I know I'm alone on that hill um, but Chris Olive to the Saints Jamison Williams uh, to the Lions who fleeced fleeced the Vikings to move up like 20 spots or whatever it was. I don't, the Vikings traded with everybody in their division, I think, that and, and made everybody else better. Uh, Johan Dotson to the Commanders, which I didn't love. Traylon Burks to the Titans, you got to at least consider just because of the trade of A.J. Brown. Uh, Christian Watson, the Packers finally decided to take a wide receiver. Um, I don't – I like Christian Watson. I do. I like the pick, but – we have not seen rookie wide receivers really thrive with the Packers yet. Like none of these rookie receivers that they've taken, like um, MVS was okay, which I, he's still just not that good. He can run a straight route and that's about it. Um, that's Christian Watson's biggest comp was MVS. So congratulations exactly. Packers fans. Yeah. He just got another MVS. Um, you saw Wandell Robinson go to the giants, which has no fantasy oh, meaning at all, which yeah. one of the worst picks I've ever seen. Um, Mechie to the Texans is interesting. He's coming off an injury, so that's not a year one. But I'll tell you what, man, I like what the Texans are doing, man. They're building a little bit of a team down there. They, I, I don't know if I believe in Davis Mills, which is fine, because if they suck this year, they could just pick top pick next year, one of the top picks, take a good quarterback off the board. Uh, Tyquan Thornton to the Patriots, another no brand, like question mark, what the hell the Patriots doing? But I never doubt the Patriots. They went, you know, they went to playoffs last year. Nobody expected that. George Pickens to the Steelers, probably my favorite steal of this draft outside of one other pick. But George Pickens of the Steelers is going to be huge, in my opinion. George Pickens was my number one wide receiver prior to his injury. And if you go to that championship game, he made a hell of a 50-yard catch. That was his first game and only game that he played after the injury. I think this is going to – the Steelers 
draft well with receivers, finding some guys with value and later in the, later in the draft. And Pickens is going to be great. I'm looking for the pick the pick to pick um, combination for years to come. Um, Alec Price uh, Pierce to the Colts at 221. Solid solid move because that team needs wide receivers. Sky Moore to the Chiefs, another one I like. Um, Veloz Jones Jr. to the Bears. Um, the Bears, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, they didn't have very many picks at the top of the draft, but uh, whatever it was, was not to help fields. Uh, Jalen Tolbert to the Cowboys. You have to like that maybe just because of value purposes and they need some, they need some weapons. My, my other when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply favorite steal of this draft was David Bell to the Browns. I, I don't know necessarily when it comes to value because he's later in the draft, but if we, if we talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player on the field, football player, Deshaun Watson's a 4,500 to 5,000 yard passer can be very easily and can supplement a couple different receivers and to me, David Bell walks into that receiver room as one of the best weapons they have. David Bell is a hell of a receiver, hell of a receiver. I liked him a lot more than I liked uh, uh, Rondell Moore. Um, for Moore went to Purdue, right? Do I have that right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Or is it Bay? Yeah, yeah, it's Moore. Yeah, it's Rondell Moore. I liked Bell more than I liked Moore. Um, so Bell dropping surprised me a little bit, but it didn't surprise me just because everybody was talking about some of these other guys. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Danny Gray to the 49ers. I have no clue what the hell that is, but um, it's loaded. It is loaded. I think there's loaded top value. I think there's loaded middle value there. There's a lot of guys in the middle value. And then um, there's Swan Dale Robinson. <laughs> exactly. Um, when you look at these receivers, um, Give me, give me your favorites. Uh, give me your two favorites in the first round, and then kind of give me your favorite two buys on the on the back half of the second and third round, and then we'll kind of dive more into these guys in a minute. Yeah, so I liked uh, Williams to the Lions. Uh, I think the Lions, another team that's yep. building something, people uh, like to bag on Jared Goff, and he may not be the greatest quarterback, but we've seen him support a couple of. Uh, big time fantasy players. As I wrote yesterday, I think what this really hurts, the media panic was Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think what it hurts is any idea that DJ Chark was going to revive his career on that one-year deal in Detroit, because I would imagine he's there at the beginning of the season because Jamison, who tore his ACL in January, is recovering a little bit. But then I think James Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown with Hawkinson at tight end and Swift in the backfield could be an incredible offense at some point. Um, so I like that. The the first, the, there were six that went the, on day one. Five of them would probably still be my one through five. Jahan Dotson feels like the classic Kadarius Tony case from last year where you have the first round draft capital, which you don't want to ignore. But I don't love the landing spot. He wouldn't have probably been the player I would have taken. And seeing where a Sky Moore, an Alec Pierce, a David Bell, um, and there's one more I'm forgetting, went on day two are probably all going to vault. And Pickens, yes. Yeah, uh, even Mechie, you know, I, I think there's opportunity there. So the other one that I'm not – I know we like to believe – Aaron Rodgers is the rising tide that lifts all boats, but we've talked about also it takes a long time to earn his trust as a receiver. I don't know how don't I drop any passes. That. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Christian Watson pick. Last year I got sucked in on the the Packers needed a wide receiver. They took Amari Rodgers. I don't ever think he caught a pass last year. And I know they they don't have much in the way of receiver, but thinking that Christian Watson is going to walk in and catch 60 balls just doesn't feel realistic to me yeah exactly i i 100 agree I, I really don't either i i just i'm not 100 sure how i feel about this um if you're ranking your top five receivers as we sit today what does that look like to you yeah so the top four is easy i'm still wilson london and 
it could be London Wilson. I mean, those were the top two for me, and I, I didn't, I wasn't dissuaded by their landing spots. Then Williams, then Burks, probably Alave. I actually liked the landing spot in New Orleans, and if Jameis is back to being Jameis, he supported a couple of receivers. I am, you know, Pickens could be interesting, but we don't know about the quarterback situation. I'm tempted by Sky Moore, except for that. Kansas City is another one that always uh, generates a ton of interest because somebody went to their system and then you actually don't get any production. Yeah, so for me, London's my easy 101 when it comes to, I think he's my 101 period. I think he's my 101 of all of these guys. I really love the landing spot. I love Landon. I don't love the Wilson landing spot. I don't. I hated it for him. And it has zero to do with his talent and has more to do with their quarterback. I don't think Zach Wilson is good at football. I don't think he's going to continue to be good at football. I do love what the Jets are building. They have built a squad around that man. You know what I mean? They're building some weapons, obviously bringing in Brees Hall. Michael Carter was already there. He's pretty solid. Uh, Corey Davis had a, you know, Corey Davis and um, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. And then of course they have, uh, uh, Burrow, the, the White Hope up there, Bar- Bra- Braxton, Braxton Berry. So, I mean, they have weapons. I just don't know if there's enough to go around for everybody for me to get my return of investment for Wilson right now. And that's what scares me. Alive is my number two wide receiver. Um, I, I'm with you with the Saints. I, if, if, if uh, Winston's healthy, like he can support a couple of receivers. Like we know that he can. And they're going to have to throw the football a lot. That team's not that good. They're going to have to throw the ball. So, um, you know, I like that Alive drop. I love the Jamison Williams pick. I do too. I'm still optimistic. You're right. Goff is pretty good, but he's better than people, you know, give him credit for. Trellen Burks, it's, it's capital. You know what I mean? I skipped Dotson because I don't even consider him. Like he, I don't know if Dotson's a top 10 for me and receivers. I don't. I don't believe I put him in my top ten. That's why I said it's the Kadarius Tony because none of us yeah. wanted Kadarius had Kadarius Tony being like that top ten guy, but the Giants went and took him in the in round one. And it's do you ignore draft capital? Do you? Yes. And he's <laughs> he's gonna be the the challenge this year. Yeah, I I, I want no part of Dotson. I'm t- London. I take London Wilson, Alive, uh, Williams, Burks, Watson, Pickens more over him that's at least nine guys i think i would take over him um i I don't think i want any part i don't want any part of i really don't want any part of wandell i'm going to highlight these names right here on our sheet of guys that i want no part of here let's see here i don't want any part of wandell thornton that's the the running backs are just as bad as receivers in 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 new england um let's see here velias jones jr i no thanks um talbert Talbot Tober, I don't hate it, but I don't think I want it. Danny Gray, if I'm wrong on any of these, let me know. Plus here so far. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know if I don't think I want Mechie. I like Mechie, but I don't think I want Mechie as a, I'll put him as yellow. Um, that's really bright. Um, but Mechie, I don't know if I really that's really bright too. Uh, <laughs> you guys are probably like, what are you guys doing right now? All right, so so far, and then of course, I don't know if I love Pierce, but I'll I'll, I'll keep him here. Okay, so we're gonna go guys that we love, which are gonna be these four guys we know we love with London Wilson, Alive, Williams, right? We like those guys. Let's find a cool color for these guys. Um, we're gonna go with this color. That's really like the other color, so we're not gonna pick that color. I'm so glad nobody can watch me do this. This is embarrassing. All right, we're going blue. Okay, I feel we like both, we should be screen sharing this. We should be. We should be. Um, we both like Burks, right? Yep. We both like Burks. I'm, I'm on Burks. I like Burks too. So I don't even know if that's the same color, but we're going to go with that. Dotson, we're both out on Dotson, right? We're both out on Dotson? Or we're going to go yellow I, for Dotson? I mean, I know. He, he's probably not a, still not a first round pick for me. We're going to go pink. We're gonna we're gonna layer these guys. I like Pickens. Do you like Pickens? Do you like Pierce? Yeah. The Pierce isn't bad. I like more in Pickens probably better than I like Pierce. Right, we're gonna go blue on Pickens and more. I, I'm definitely gonna go yellow on on Bell just because draft capital. Hmm. Or pink. Sorry, I'm gonna go pink. We're layering our guys right now, guys. Tulber, I think I'm gonna go pink too. Yeah. And so Pierce. Watson and Pierce are probably the two thinking about. I like the opportunity uh, for Pierce uh, because we don't know about Paris Campbell. That's the big deal 
with with Paris Campbell. I think Watson for me just I went blue on Watson just for the for me. So the tier level that I think I would have it at is 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 your you're going to draft Watson probably for the volume, right? You know what I mean? They don't have anybody to throw the ball to. You're right though. At the same time, it's skeptical. If you're picking on the bottom half of the first round, it's not a bad pick. In my opinion, I really don't think that Watson's a terrible pick. Um, the only guys that I'm not touching and the, I don't know. If you look at this, do you have a top 12 ready yet? Are you waiting until to see what happens today? Yeah, I still need to see. I, I mean, I'm still weighing. I wouldn't. Like, I don't think it's going to come out of the guys that are already taken because we've seen like 20 receivers go already. Yeah, because I mean, if I'm looking at it, you're right. I think I personally would only take one quarterback in round one, and that's Kenny Pickett. I think he's the only viable quarterback with Corral being a very close second. If you take him in the 10 to 12 range, wouldn't be mad at you, right? How high would you take Corral? I mean, I take Corral over Pickett. I think he's still going to be my quarterback one because I actually, I would not be surprised if, if Mitch starts half or three quarters or all of the season for I agree with that. Pittsburgh. I don't, I mean, I think they took Pickett because they see potential for the future, but I'm not entirely sold that he walks in. Some people are saying because of where he was drafted, the Steelers are going to feel pressure. You know who never feels pressure to do anything they don't want to do is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. He's going to do what he thinks is the best to get to make him competitive. So Corral is still probably at number one for me. I actually, even in a super flex draft, would be surprised if a quarterback goes in top six picks. Well, yeah, I think, because. I think you're grabbing two running backs and at least four. Actually, I think there's five receivers and two running backs that should go before you consider a quarterback. When you're yeah, a, London, Wilson, Olive, Williamson, and Burks, right? And Burks, right? Yeah, and Burks. Yeah, and so you have those Walker five. and Hall. So those yeah. seven should be the first seven picks. And once you, however, you rank those back, guys, that's yeah, that should. And be... it's still probably two quarterbacks and. You could debate. Receivers. You could debate on on potentially if somebody wanted to. T- I think you could debate Cook in the bottom half of the first round because you're not going to get him in round two. I mean, I'm. Happy I wouldn't let it, somebody but... come up and take Cook in, in the first round, and I'll scoop the wide receiver value in the top of the second round. I'm happy if you want to come up and and take him because I, still I don't him. trust Buffalo has never given us any indication. Yeah, you're right. They want to, they want to commit to a running back at least in year one, I think it's going to be Singletary because he's in the, he's in the final year of his contract. I think what it really tells you is Singletary is not going to resign with Buffalo. So going forward in 2023, maybe Cook has an expanded role. Maybe they go grab another second, third. They have taken a running back <laughs> like every day in draft. the second and third round of the draft for like four years in a row. So it doesn't seem like they're, set on anything and the goal line running back in Buffalo is still Josh Allen. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, the thing about it is, is I've seen a lot of people still put Brees Hall as their one-on-one and I don't, I don't buy it. I don't, I, I just, it's because the running back position is so dire. And usually if you're picking at the top of a draft running back and quarterback are awful for you. And then super flex, you're not going to get the core. This honestly, if you were a team that rolled in, and had nothing at quarterback, you'll roll out of this draft still having nothing. No way, nothing at quarterback. There are no answers here, which is why I think Hall and Walker probably end up going in the top four picks. Oh, sure. Depending on how you feel, because beyond that, running back is a massive quagmire. Whereas receiver, you could slide down, you know, in the eight to 12 range and still get some guys that might produce for you. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm kind of yeah because honestly, if you look at it, I, I like Isaiah Spiller and outside if him going to the Texans is nice, but it's still skeptical of what they do down there with running back. They've never decided to stick with one running back while they were down there either. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just this this class sucks. I'm trading out. I but I do think that there is value to be yeah. had in the ten. If you're looking, if you're picking one ten to one twelve to 201 to 202 i think there's value to be had within those four picks if you have them 
but I still think that if you're not picking, if you're not getting London, Alive, or Wilson, I think if you're not getting one of those and maybe Williams, I, if you're 105 to 107, I want out. Like I, I do. I, I just, I, unless somebody does something random and off the wall and crazy that makes you just go, oh, I need a guy. I don't want any part of these. But by the know. same token, you just never know the people you're drafting with you yeah you know, that's the big thing obviously. what shenanigans they're gonna do i mean yeah I, agree. I had one year where i was 109 and i was trying to reconcile what potential options i was going to get and cd lamb dropped to me so i mean yeah i had that happen to me one year too i had lamb dropped to me. i'm looking forward to you know it's just good to transition to next week as we wrap up we're doing a live mock draft with the with the guys um next, yeah i believe it's saturday right yeah next Seven. saturday yeah we're i can't do, do math a... i will have aged literally by then since uh, i go up a year on wednesday but i'm looking forward to that mock draft with people because we'll have had a few days to digest um uh, if you're like me you will have actually started a couple of your real rookie mocks and i love our real rookie drafts and i love to see how the immediate aftermath of the draft you you have one impression as you sit with it for a couple of weeks i don't know if it, you've noticed this but the later rookie drafts go out the more values shift and change and where you've been getting people because people start realizing that some of the things they got super excited about on thursday night are not worth getting excited about in three weeks from now so in our rookie in our draft that we have um, we've seen a lot of moving pieces a lot of moving pieces in this draft that we have tim reeve has picked two three and four mm -hmm. um in our rookie draft um was it malibu is that malibu matt i think it is or whatever yeah. he's got 101 uh jacob has 105 and 106 uh jack has 107 and miller's got 108 my buddy clarkson's got 109 Captain Crunch, whatever his name is, got 110. Nick's got 111. You have 112. And then I have 201. I don't pick till 201. I had 105, I think it was, but then I traded away because I got an extra 2023 first round pick. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and it's going to be exciting because we're going to be doing it while we are on the air. Um, and, 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 Oh, we're going to do a mock on the air. Sorry. We'll be able to recap what happens in this draft. It should be over by, by our uh, Saturday uh, meet time, but we'll I just see. need you to text me who you want to take it to one. So I can make sure I take them right in front of you. <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, the way this is going to go. I'm just I glad I, I don't need running back. You and I in the startup draft were oh laughing God, at yes. everybody that eschewed running backs. I used my first two picks. I got Taylor and Najee Harris. Um, I am still upset because I did. Draft so I actually, after everything I said, I actually may end up taking James Cook if he's there at 112 because <laughs> I have Singletary. We'll see. In now which I case, you're talking about a low end, a low end handcuff. Yeah, exactly. Like and I also have like five quarterbacks. So you and I hammered receivers and quarterbacks in the startup, and everybody's like, oh, we'll get them in the rookie draft. That's because you and I had actually studied these prospects. And I was like, these are not positions I'm going to be able to get in a rookie draft. No. And the way it's set up, you know what I mean? You technically only have to start one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. You can start four receivers if you wanted to, five receivers if you wanted to. And and I knew that I needed run it like this running back class sucks. So I am a little heartbroken because I did draft Penny. Like that's the one that really hurts the most because I really liked Penny and he still might have some sort of value going into the season, but I'm, I'm okay at running back. Um, yeah. I don't really know what I'm going to target. And to be honest with you, if I don't like anything at two one, I'm hoping somebody will, you know, Hey, I'll give you a 2023 first for it. And I'm like, I'm all in, you know what I mean? Like, just give it to me already. I mean, no, I'm, that way, Mount League to probably put money on it. Yeah, so I'm hoping that somebody says, you know what, I really, really, really like Johan Dotson, and I want to take him. So <laughs> hopefully, somebody takes him ahead of us, and maybe one of these good receivers. But you know, to to, to to be honest with you, even though some of these guys might listen, but I wouldn't hate the idea of maybe getting Pickens or uh, yeah, you know, snagging Pickens on that back half. Or you there's going to be some good value in that range. I think. Yeah. So I'll turn around and take, I'll take, turn around, take Malik Willis anyway, just because, you know what I mean? Somebody's going to take thing. him. Somebody will take him in our draft in the first round. value in these rookie drafts are if you're already set at quarterback and you were a good team and you're at the back end of a round, 
at the end of the second round, you take one of these guys and see if they mature. That's where the value for quarterback is in the rookie draft. And unfortunately, in Superflex, most teams that want quarterbacks can't afford to do that. I just know if Matt Corral lands at 112, you he will not make it to 201. That's all I know. Yeah, I mean, I would potentially take Corral or Pickett if they drop to the back. And I mean, because they have a nearly clear path and also it's fun to watch people scramble for quarterbacks. Exactly. And I th- then, I'm pretty sure I have five starting quarterbacks. I have three technically, flex. but one is D- uh, Daniel Jones. So I want to mention two. And I know you don't care for him. I like him, but, and one of them's Ryan. I really thought the Colts, I'd be curious to see if the Colts use a early fourth uh, to grab Sam Howell, because I thought they might grab a potential, unless they like Sam Ellinger a lot more than I realized. Sam Howell sucks. So on that being said, we're going to transition over to our movie corner. Um, there's been a lot of TV shows that have dropped and are coming out soon that um, the offer dropped on Paramount Plus. The show is based on the making of The Godfather. Um, whether it's true or not, we still don't know, but um, it's at least loosely based on it. Um, I've actually seen all 10 episodes. I've, I enjoyed myself a lot. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the last two episodes. Um, it got a little cheesy and it kind of took away from a lot of what it was building but ultimately it's it's not a bad show if you're going to invest your time i think it's something that maybe you can wait till it's over and then binge i don't know if it's something that you're going to seek out to watch week to week because it's on week to week now between now and june 16th it's 10 episodes probably could have been better at eight um and then of course you have shining girls which you watched um you said that it was five stars because you love the time traveling aspect of it and then (laughs) if you think it's just a straight up uh like murder mystery it is not i still love elizabeth moss i watched all three that were made available i still love you apple tv plus i'm on the fence a little bit if you press me i'm probably at three stars right now it could go up could go down um you have under the banner of heaven which i'm excited to check out but i think that's another weekly show yeah they released two and there will be eight. It'll come weekly. Uh, if you enjoyed True Detective and we're looking for True Detective Mormon edition, it's for you. And then, of course, uh, you saw Bad Guys, which I enjoyed. I, didn't think I enjoyed it too. Yeah. I three and a half. Um, next week, what do we have next? Oh, what do we have next week? Doctor Strange comes out. No. Um, Doctor Strange comes out in theaters next week. I am seeing Doctor Strange on Monday. Um, I'm interested to see. There's a uh, embargo, social embargo that night. I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, speaking of which, the banana meter will be dropping. I think there's about seven or eight of us on the banana meter seeing it on Monday. So we'll have our, re- we won't have our full reviews. We'll have initial social media reactions to the film up on our um on the bananameter.com this weekend's banana meter stuff is going to be highlighting overlooked films of the year because the only thing that's coming out this weekend is a liam neeson movie that nobody knew was coming out not even liam neeson probably knew the movie was coming out in theaters called memory um other things in theaters right now that you can see is the unbearable weight of massive talent which is just fine to me the northman i kind of enjoyed it's okay sonic the hedgehog 2 highly recommend because it's amazing everything everywhere all at once is probably Probably both of our number one movies of the year. Yeah, it is right. Now. Um, Lost City still lingering on theaters. I liked it. Morbius was fine. Ambulance is a masterpiece. Morbius is not still, fine. It's fine. It, it, it's fine. Um, and then um, it's the worst Batman film ever made. <laughs> yeah, but all those eighty or uh, late early early nineties Batman still exist. So as long as those still exist, then I would take Batman and Forever and Batman and Robin over Morbius any day of the week. And at the end of the day, if you have not seen the Batman, it is available on HBO Max currently. Uh, highly recommend it. We both enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, still in my top five movies of yep, the year. Still number two for me. Everything, everywhere, it, all at once, and Batman are my top. Two. What is your top five movies of the year? We're at the first. We're at the end of the first quarter here. So what do you got? Yep. So let me pull it up. I know everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, and then the Batman. I'm going to be publishing my top for, uh, top five movies of the first quarter on one of these days next week. 
Um, then number three for me is Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I didn't count that one, but yes, agreed. Well, I know, sorry, it played at Sundance. I, I'm reading what I have in there. So you only want no, things fine. that have come out? Yeah, that's that's what I do. I limit my list to what movies officially come. Because, I mean, On the Count of Three has been my top movie for the last two years, and it still hasn't come out. Which, on May 13th, for those of you listening, you guys aren't going to love this movie as much as I will. And I understand that probably. But On the Count of Three is finally coming out it's coming out in theaters i really hope that it comes out in theaters near me because i want to see this on the big screen so bad i'm getting another screening of it soon but i really really wish really 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 hope to see it on the big screen but it's also coming out on digital for those of you at home um please watch this movie please support this movie it's one of the best movies of last year and it will be one of my favorite movies of this year it's uh in my opinion it's a masterpiece uh, I don't use that term, um, you know, a lot. I really don't. Um, last year, I think I gave two movies, 2021, 2022 movies. I don't even remember. I gave two, I don't even remember. Best of 21. Yeah, I gave three movies five stars last year, and that was it. So um, Mass being one of them, of course, we both loved. But uh, give me that top five. What do you got? So everything, everywhere, all at once, the Batman. Um, I'm still doing it. Talk for Jesus, Savers. I don't care. Cyrano, and I will not be taking questions. And then after Yang, uh, which I know you didn't like, but the one that I'm probably going to do for our open-ended meter is uh, my number six, which would be five if you're counting movies that are out, is the documentary Lucy and Desi, um, which fantastic looking at Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Right on on Amazon Prime. Yes, please watch it. It's incredible. I loved it a whole lot. Uh, my top five currently sits at number one, everything, everywhere, all at once. Now it's it's going to be number one only for approximately two more weeks. Two more weeks, I believe. Yep. Two, two more weeks. Well, technically, I'll see the movie next Thursday. I'm going to get it. So technically, I can add it to my technically my number one movie will still be my number one movie, but that'll be on the count of three. But everything everywhere all at once um, is one. Fresh is two. Um, the Batman is three. Windfall. Or so Fresh is on Hulu. The Batman's on HBO Max. Windfall and number four is on Netflix. And number five, the Michael Bay masterpiece Ambulance is number five right now. So that's um, right. <laughs> You have that, which we disagreed because I had two stars. I, uh, just below Lucy and Desi, have The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is one of only seven movies to get four stars for me this year. I am just that <laughs> because, well, I, got, I gave it three stars. I, I gave it three stars. So. I enjoyed the heck out of that. It was fine. Fresh it was is too much like the Lost City. Too. It was too much like The Lost City. I think of the same movie. And then I felt like if you put Uncharted, The Lost City, and Unbearable Waste of Mass Talent, they're all the same movie. Like at some point in time, you get a lot of this. Which I'm not, I enjoyed all quality. of them. I enjoyed yeah. all of them. I enjoyed Uncharted. I enjoyed Lost City. Yeah, I think bad. I liked The Lost City more than I did Massive Talent. I still I have Fresh in my top 10, too. And it's, Do- it's another one, Dog. Dog, I really enjoyed Dog, too. Doc was incredible. I really liked him. And then uh, if just missing the top five cut is the rom-com of the year in Marry Me, which I loved a whole lot. Still, I still have lot. that in my top 10 too. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I, we're, we're not that far off. I no. liked Windfall. Uh, it didn't make the top 10, but I, I thought that had a very Coen Brothers-esque feel. Yeah, it was really original. I really liked that. Let's see. The val- uh, the Valley comes out in a couple weeks. I can't talk about that yet. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe is on Netflix. I It was okay. It's another docuseries that doesn't need to be as long as it is. I gave Massive Talent three stars. I gave The Northman three stars. Um, Ambulance, I gave four. Sonic gave three. The Moonshot gave three, which was just fine. Uh, you can check out the greatest movie of all time, The Bubble, as well. God, that was terrible. Uh, but with all that being said, we are just going on a tangent. Also, if you really want to check out my favorite review of 2022, you can check out my thoughts on David Spade's latest stand-up comedy special, which hit Netflix this past week, which I call a complete waste of time. Um, I gave it half a star out of five, and that's being generous because I had to give it something. But um, my overall thoughts on this was Spade's time in this space should be over. This special was a waste of time. And I truly hope you read this and skip it. 
So um, yeah, it's a steaming pile of shit. With so that being your, said, uh, that's your worst of the year so far. Uh, probably not because I don't really count stand-up comedy specials as the worst, but uh, I think it could be. Uh, Bubble is up there, though. The bubbles. Yeah, terrible. Bubble and Deep Water and my whoa Texas Chainsaw handle, Massacre. I will not. Ha- I will not tolerate. Um, I will not tolerate. Netflix slander. made a uh, biopic on Eileen Warnos. That's currently the worst movie I've seen this year. Home Team is on my bottom tier list. No Exit was terrible. Um, the Bubble I gave one star to. Yeah. But yeah, lots of bad things came out. But with that being said, make sure to follow Mr. Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself, Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to listen to the other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network. Head over to the Music City Drive-In and check all of our latest movie reviews and stuff like that. Check out my latest tweet, which has made Twitter upset in some aspects, but also happy. I don't really know. I love the Daniels. I love what they do. So if you took that as I don't like the Daniels, then you just don't know who Ricky Valero is. So thank you for tuning in next week. Make sure to join us for our awesome draft special show. Uh, We're going to do a, like I said, we're going to host a mock. Some of them will be online with us. Some of them will not be, but it should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.